0: What if we don't know God as well as we think we do? Do we pursue him like we should? Do we chase after him like we do our priorities, all of our goals, all of our dreams? For a brief moment, I'm going to talk about how to cultivate intimacy with God. Hey, and welcome to Likely Loser. I'm Shireen, aka Reen. I'm a Jesus freak, mama, course creator, and a speaker. Listen, do you want to belong to a community that gets you? Do you want to use your gifts for God's glory to create a kingdom business? You know, that ministry that makes an impact. Are you wishing there was a way to get clarity on what your business is going to look like? Or do you want unshakable confidence to not only move forward on the idea that you've been keeping secret, but have the kind of confidence that makes the ground shake when you walk? So girl, if you are ready to lead with confidence, authenticity, and to walk in your God-given calling, grab you a cup of cocoa, a pen, and a paper, and let's get to work. Hey, before we get to today's episode, I just want to talk to you for a quick minute. I know what it is to feel lonely. I remember searching Facebook groups and networking events to find people who get me. And I couldn't, which shouldn't be, because as the body of Christ, we should have a place where we go to talk with like-minded people about our ideas, our wins, our prayers, to sit in a judgment-free zone where we can commune and hold each other accountable. So I made my own. If you have ever felt like this, I want you to go right now to cupsofcococom slash community, and you will get into our Boss Believers community. Girl, I cannot wait to support you over there. I'll see you inside. Bow your heads with me as we pray to open. Dear Jesus, thank you. For bringing us all here today. Thank you for those who are are in the building, but also those who are watching at home. Please speak through me so that they don't see me, but they see you, so that everyone takes away whatever it is that you need them to take away. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 All right, so definition of intimacy, let's start there, is having an emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual connection. Psalm 63, verse 1 says, My God, early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. That's, That's a serious terminology. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land. Intimacy is not just a romance novel. That's the first thing we think about. Intimacy is not just physical. It's not just holding hands. Intimacy is the environment in which all relationships can grow and be maintained. Intimacy is love. It is trust. It is safety. It is vulnerability. Vulnerability. So let's turn to our scripture reading, as was wonderfully read this morning, Acts 19, 11 through 20. So when you think about intimacy, this is not the story that you're going to be thinking about because we're talking about demons, exorcism, magicians. So it's not what you think about, but for a minute, let's talk about the backstory here. Paul is preaching in Ephesus for three months. A lot of the people were not receptive, and there was a lot of backlash. But he took all of those who believed, and he privately had daily discussions with them. And this went on for two more years. And even with the handful that he took, they were starting to spread the message throughout Asia. So that's some context, and that's where we're going to begin. So how do we develop intimacy with God? So Acts 19, we're going to start from verse 11. And God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought onto the sick handkerchiefs or aprons, and the diseases departed from them, and the evil spirits went out of them. So God gave Paul the ability to perform miracles. Then, verse 13, certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them, which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, we adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preacheth." Stop. By now, everyone and their, and their mama Knows, knows about Jesus through Paul. And they have witnessed Paul performing miracles in the name of Jesus. So, how do we cultivate intimacy with God? Number one, make your own connection. It said, we adjure you By Jesus, whom Paul preacheth, So, in other words, come out in the name of Jesus, but by whom Paul preaches about. Jews know of Jesus only by association. Right? In this story, the Jews only know about Jesus by association. So this is like me saying... You know uh, Keisha's mom, her, her friend's sister, that one. You know, you know, uh, Sister Samuel, Brother Samuel's daughter, her roommate, that one. You ever heard of six degrees of separation? The idea that all of us are about six or fewer social connections away from each other. Although we may never be aware of that, they may be six or fewer social connections away from each other. That's an interesting concept. And this verse is very important because it introduces the fact that it's very possible to know of Jesus and not know Jesus. It is very possible to know of Jesus and not know Jesus. So, number one, form your own connection, not just by association. So... Not, my mother goes to church, I think I'm good. My sister or my brother is a prayer warrior. He does enough for the both both of us, I'm, I'm good. Or, I listen to the sermon all the time, or I watch YouTube and I listen to different sermons all the time. I think he knows enough. He's doing enough for the both of us, I'm good. Connection is a very start of your relationship with anyone right you meet someone okay how you're doing you have this uh, mutual respect and then you try to find common ground have you ever had a door-to-door salesman come to your house yeah From your response, I feel like you don't really like them. I don't really like them either. When I was little, I was taught to never open the door if you were not expecting anyone. Never open the door. And I took that seriously. To the point, even if my mother forgot her keys, and she came back, and she's knocking the door. I am not opening. She's out of luck. Unless I know for sure it is her, I am not opening the door. And which has happened, and she has had to stay out there till nighttime. It has happened before. So <laughs> I am older now, but I still do this. I'm older now, and I still, still do this. So there was this uh, one time where I was home alone in, in my older state. I'm, I'm ho- home alone, and... Someone knocks on the door, I'm not answering, right? I am not expect. at least I don't feel like I'm expecting anyone, so I'm not answering. But, over and over and over again, and I'm saying to myself, this person is persistent, very persistent, and then, because it's still going on, and then now I'm thinking, you know what, maybe I, I was expecting someone and I, I, didn't, I didn't remember, like I forgot. So I creep up to the door, I don't, I don't have a peephole, I creep up to the door, I open it, you know, like slightly. And there is a man who kind of shoves himself in the doorway and starts his spiel. I think about internet package or something. Something that he's selling, right? I'm not even sure, but I think it was an internet package. So he goes on and on and on. He does not say anything directly to me, ask any questions or anything like this. But he goes on and on and on for about 10 minutes. And every time I try to speak, nothing. (laughs) He completely ignores me and continues on and on and on and on for a long time until he's finally finished and he says, Can I sign you up? (laughs) And I'm like, Absolutely not. (laughs) Absolutely not. And I have to be honest with you, I feel like sometimes this is even how we do door-to-door ministry. Does that mean we should stop door-to-door ministry? Absolutely not. But we do have to be careful of how we approach people. Because the gospel isn't something that you sell. It's the good news, it's a gift. And you don't usually receive a gift from someone that you've never made a connection with. Had the salesman asked me about my current service, what was I happy with it, what my pain points are, like what what my concerns are, what I was looking for, how he could further help me, my response would have been totally different. So step number one to int- intimacy with God, is genuine connection. All right, how do we do that with God? First of all, we, we make ourselves aware, we have the understanding that he is God, that he is your provider, that he is your creator, your maker. Make yourself aware that he isn't this being that just sits on high judging people or looking down on us. He isn't inaccessible or unreachable. He is omnipresent. He is always there. He is before you, he is behind you, he is beside you. Right? Make yourself aware that he cares not only about what you feel are the bigger things. He cares about your thoughts, he cares about your opinions, he cares about your feelings. Nothing is too trivial for him. And he wants to be deeply involved in your day-to-day life, in all your decisions. He wants to talk to you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to make a genuine connection with you. So number one, make your own connection, but we cannot stop there. Let's go back to Acts 19, we stopped at 14. So, and there were seven sons of one Siva, a Jew and chief of the priests, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Right? Right? Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? Even demons believe in Jesus. Even demons understand who Jesus is. Why is that relevant? You can believe in Jesus all day and not have a relationship with him. So we, we can't just say this message is for those on the outside. Those who are maybe only Christian in name or those who say, I believe in Jesus. This is also for us because you can sit in the same seat every week. You can be a part of 10 different departments. You can sit on the board. You can be. Up here on the pulpit, whether you're preaching, scripture reading, whatever you're doing, you can be doing that every week and still not have a relationship with God. So this brings us to number two, building your own relationship with God. What happened when you first met your, your partner or your spouse? There was... Butterflies, am I right? Be honest. There, there was butterflies. <laughs> yes, yes. Every time the person walked in the room, your heart just did a little dance in your chest, right? <laughs> but after some time, what happens? Reality kind of sets in. <laughs> you might have a little butterfly, but it's, it's not the same. <laughs> It's not the same, because now you realize you have to put in some work, (laughs) right? You're learning more about this person every single day. You have to make a decision to understand this person's character, to understand where they're coming from, why they do the things that they do, why they are the way that they are. You are figuring each other out. You are learning. You are growing. You are developing a healthy relationship. So I was told this story a a long time ago about a couple who had been together for umpteen years. Years and years and years and years and years. But now they're at each other's neck. They can't stand one 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 another. They don't like one another. And he says, you don't respect me anymore. You don't care anymore. I don't like this. And she says, you're not nice to me anymore. We don't, we don't go out on dates anymore. You don't listen to me anymore. Right? And he says, you know what? I'm done with this. I met someone online and I'm done with this. <laughs> and she says, you know what? Good riddance. I met someone online too. And I'm done with this. So... They separate part ways. And he, the the guy says to his friend, it's been long enough. This woman is perfect for me. The one that I've been talking to online, she's so perfect for me, right? And she tells her friends, I want to meet the guy that I've been talking to online. He listens. He's perfect for me, right? So they both tell their friends, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna go meet up with that person. So, they both do that, set up their respective dates, and go off, go into the restaurant, and of course, they met up with each other, (laughs) right? They had been talking to each other the entire time. The entire, the entire time. Now, does that mean um, what happened what happened to that relationship <laughs> they stopped communicating the journey isn't supposed to stop at the i do and i think sometimes we think i have a relationship with god because i am a christian and that's it or i am a member of the seven day adventist church i have a relationship with god Remember when you first got baptized, you were so excited. Remember that feeling? On fire for God. And then slowly but surely, the blaze turned into a little flicker. Now, the spark doesn't go away because God isn't leaving. God has not left. He's still there, but what happened? You just stopped working on the relationship. So how do we continuously build that relationship with God? We get in the Bible. And not just in here. Not when someone just tells you to turn to so-and-so chapter. Not just in here. On your own, you get into the Bible. Everything that you can possibly know about the character of God and thus the character of yourself and who he wants you to be is in here. how he speaks to people, how he treats people, what he stands for, how he shows empathy, love, humility, how he acts in, in times of trouble when things aren't necessarily going his way or the way he thought it would, how he deal with real emotions, anger, and temptation. And if we are to be like Jesus, it is not enough to recite the character of Jesus, to recite the fruits of the Spirit. It is not even enough to recite the whole Bible back to me by memory. Because a common misconception about intimacy is that some people believe that being close to God is achieved by how much knowledge you have about him. But we have already established that demons know of him. And even Satan can recite the whole Bible back to you, cover to cover. And don't get me wrong, because I just said it's important to be in here. I just said it's important to read your Bible, right? Because this is the truth, and the truth shall what? Set you free. So don't get me wrong, but don't let anyone ever shame you for how much you know. Or how long it takes you to read, or how you process this. This is your own journey. The Bible says the truth shall set you free, but it also says in John four twenty two, many worship what they do not know. Many worship what they do not know. We have to continuously understand who he is to consistently build a relationship with him. Do their deeds. Many of them also which used which used curious arts brought their books together and burned them before all men, and they counted the price of them and founded fifty thousand pieces of silver, so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed. So number three Be intentional about your relationship. The people here who became believers made a conscious effort to confess, burn their books, right? Get rid of their old ways, and they made an effort to do better, to be better, to be intentional. How do we get intentional? Pray, listen, and apply. Pray, listen, and apply. The Bible says to pray how? Without ceasing. To talk to him, to pray without ceasing. Relationships are two-way streets. If you are the only one talking, that's not a relationship. That's something else, I don't know. So are you talking to him? Are you expressing your gratitude, your worries? Are you telling him about your day? Are you consulting him on all the different decisions that you have to make? And then, this is the important part, or the most important part, are you listening to the response? There is a misconception that God does not speak anymore, and I beg to differ. We've just stopped listening. Because it's, it's great to, to read your Bible, to get in the word. It's awesome to talk to God. But contrary to popular belief, knowledge is not power. That's a lie. The application of knowledge is power. What is he saying to you when you talk to him? And are you applying? Are you applying that? Because his talking to you does come in different, many different ways. Right? We know that he can talk to us through other people from what we see, from what we hear, if we're good at discerning. Right? But it can also come in the still small voice. It can also be a yes. A no or a wait? Are you disciplined enough to sit in silence to listen to what he is saying? Real life example. Some of y'all panicked there for a minute. <laughs> I got quiet and some of y'all panicked. It wasn't even a minute, I don't think. You got, you got a little scared. We live in a microwave culture. We live in a culture that demands convenience. Everything is now. And there isn't time to be silent This becomes evident because not only are we uncomfortable with being quiet and listening, we also panic when God is silent. You ever um, have your kids play out in the front yard, right? You're just out there. They're doing their own thing. You're doing your own thing. You may be uh, with your friends or reading a newspaper or drinking lemonade, whatever you're doing, right? And you're just sitting out there, quiet, doing your own thing. Kids are playing. And then all of a sudden, kid puts their bicycle way too close to the, to the cars, to the traffic, or something rolls in the road. All of a sudden you get up, hey, come back over here. Get over here, right? Or be careful. Watch yourself, right? You were silent the whole time. Only when you noticed that there was danger approaching did you get up. Only when you noticed that they, something might be off, they might be doing the wrong thing, did you get up. Sometimes when God is silent and and we're waiting. We get so frustrated, so stuck, and we want God to do a new thing. When you did not apply the old thing that he told you to do in the first place. When you did not listen. When you were not intentional sometimes God does not move until he notices you're going down the wrong path sometimes he stays silent until, until he needs to move right even though that might not look like the way you want it to when you are correct me if I'm wrong when you are with your spouse it is completely possible to sit in the same room with them and not say a word For quite a bit of time. Why is that? Your guard is down. You're vulnerable. And it may feel a little uncomfortable. But you don't care. Because you know that this is your person. You trust this person. You are safe with this person. Silence is not stagnancy. It is intimacy. I'm finishing up now. It is important to know some of the things that will block your intimacy. Some of the things that came up, some of the things that we just discussed, like creating distance, thinking that you don't have to work on the relationship, thinking that you have to be of a certain caliber to even get into this, thinking that you, you've done enough that you know him through someone else. Thinking that you know everything there, everything there is to know. Not wanting to be vulnerable, not wanting to let him in, not willing to wait. And as the song said earlier today, the time is drawing nigh. And when that day comes, will he say, I know sister so-and-so. I know that gentleman who probably never set foot in church but spoke to me every day. I know brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so maybe who has colored hair or maybe looks like what we don't want them to look like. I know them but who? But who are you? But who are you? And if you want to make a conscious effort to make a genuine connection, to build your relationship with Christ, to be intentional about your relationship, I'm going to ask us to stand. We're going to pray. If you want to build intimacy with God, And if you so choose, if you want special prayer, you can come up to the front. We are going to pray that nothing blocks our intimacy with God. Because there's a lot of things going on. Sometimes we feel like we've done a million things wrong. And how can I keep coming back to you with the same things? He cares about all of those things doesn't matter how many times you come back. He will be there with open arms. In Ecclesiastes, it says it's better to have one hand of stillness than it is to have two hands of hard work and chasing after the wind. It is better to be quiet, be still, spend time with your maker than it is to work hard to go through the mundane, to just know the Bible and name, to just know the verses, to just, it is better to be with him in that stillness, in that quietness. We're going to pray. Dear Jesus, we are gathered here before you once again and we are asking you and everyone here to help us get closer to you not only in name not not, not in association to be genuinely closer to make a genuine connection build that relationship to be intentional about that relationship with you we don't want anything to get in our way whatever we're dealing with the enemy can be saying you've done too much wrong you or we might be saying god don't give up on me yet But please take away every hindrance, every mountain, everything that can get in our way from approaching you every single day. Help us to know how much you love us. How much you also crave that intimacy with us. Help us to get to that place where our flesh longs for you so intimately help us to surrender help us to be near you to make a conscious effort to be near you every single day and please Allow us to retain everything that we've heard today. Allow us to get everything that we needed today from your word. That when the time comes, you will say, welcome home, good and faithful servant. We ask all these things in Jesus' name, amen. This inspired you, transformed you, or blessed you in any way, please leave a written review over on Apple Podcasts or screenshot your phone and share it on Instagram and tag me at my cups of cocoa. Thank you again for listening. But I would love to talk to you personally. So come on over and connect with me in my community, CupsofCoco.com slash community. Remember, we see you, we feel you, we love you, and you belong here. Come on back and sit with